Good morning. We would just like to uh, welcome everyone this morning as we're going to have session three of our lounge discussions. And this morning we're going to speak a bit on the topic of communion. Um, how, we, how do we have communion? How do we have it at our homes? What is our expectation when we take it? Is it just a plain uh, uh, ritual or a, a, a sacrament or is it something that we use with an expectation? And um, this morning I'm going to open with prayer and then I'll dig into the scripture. So let's just close our eyes. Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful opportunity this morning that we can come together and that we can fellowship in your divine, divine appointed time for us. Thank you, Father, that, that Holy Spirit, that you are with us and that you lead us concerning all things, that we can have an expectation of your peace, your joy, and also of your body that comes and brings healing in this time. And Lord, in, in times where many of us feel so uncertain, Father, I want to ask that there will be a conviction in our hearts to come back to the Word and to implement that which your Word teaches us. All truth, reveal it to us, Lord. Give us sound judgment and discernment so that we can discern not only the times, but discern what is your heart and your plan concerning these times. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, um, I'm going to read a, a few scriptures in Corinthians 11 verse 26. It says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. And this morning I want to open up, I want to also challenge you, you can get some communion ready in your houses. Uh, fathers, be ready to, to, to administer these, this communion to your family as we really believe that this is not only a, a ritual, we believe that this is the answer for times that, like, like we are in now. And we've got an expectation that God will meet us in our expectation that He will do and what His, His Word promises that He will do, and that He is still faithful to, to uplift us. So I want to tell you there's even something that happens when we have the mentality that Abraham had who interceded for a, 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 a whole town. And I want you to intercede for your whole family. I want you to intercede for your children, for your parents, for the sick, for those who are weak at this stage. I want you to have an expectation to say, Lord, I believe that this, this, this will do something in our midst. And that when you use it and you give it to your children, that you'll do it with a conviction that God is faithful. And until this far, the Lord has not let us down. So listen, the, in Matthew 26, 26, um, it says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Now, all of us know that in the beginning, um, it was sin that separated us from God. It was when man missed the mark or the original plan, and that God had to intervene. And God couldn't pay the price with gold or silver. He couldn't pay the price with cattle. He had to pay it in, in a sense with blood. It required the sacrifice of blood of one that needs to die so that those who are unrighteous can become righteous. And in a certain sense, God has exchanged with us 
our weakness for His glory. He's exchanged our sickness for, he, for His health. He's exchanged. And everything that comes in because of sin, the Bible says because of sin, death came in. And that, in a sense, came and, and, and brought destruction. But when we come back to, the, to, to, our, to, our, to what God is picturing us in the, the Scriptures, we come back to, to, to the sacrament or to this table where we use what He has given us. There's something that happens in our physical health. There's something that happens in our spiritual lives. There's something that happens. I remember... I, I was reminded by the, the Holy Spirit the night when, um, before Michaela drowned. Um, we as a family were entering just into this, uh, we, we were in this, uh, what do we call it, this COVID regulations where we got locked down for the first time. And we were basically the first week into lockdown. And that evening, again, as we did for the past week, we said we were going to use communion. Because something happened in Egypt when the Israelites applied the blood of Christ to their doorpost, and um, the word says that that night when the angel of death came to, to um, visit the people of the land, that every household that had the blood of Christ over them, it passed over the, that household. And it came to the Egyptians where the elders of that household was killed. So in a sense, we see how God brings forth His firstborn, how He puts Him in front. And He says, make, makes it very clear that um, that is the, the solution that He puts out for households to be safe in. And I want to tell you, as we're going to use this in this time, we're going to see the effect in our families. The Bible says in Isaiah 59 verse 19, Even though the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise the standard. And that will secure us. That's what's securing the body of Christ. That's what's helping us to overcome. Does it mean we will not get COVID? No. Even when we get it, the Bible says over Job's life, um, he placed a hedge all around him so that the enemy could not take his life. And that's what I believe that what we are doing. Yes, the devil did come and he did tempt us. He did attack us. And um, in Afrikaans we say, Vermenigvuldig is die teespoede van die rechtvaardige. Maar die Heere sal ons dier het alles help. So many are um, the, the opposition of the righteous, but God will help us through, through this all. And listen to this, this last scripture that I'm going to read, and I'm going to open up for the rest of the, the, the people. John 6, 53 says, And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. I want to say to us, there's life happening within us when we participate of, of this sacrament that God gave us. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. The one thing that the Word says, the Word says, don't fear man who can take your life. Fear him who has control over your spirit, who's got uh, power over, over where you go to heaven or hell. And listen here, and I will raise him up on the last day. And that's what I believe. This is the times that we're entering into. I believe we're in the last days. I believe that there's a resurrection that needs to take place in the church, but we will only overcome by the blood of the Lamb and on the word of our testimony. Let's just hear from the rest of uh, the people what is our feeling about um, the communion that we are having. Yes, Pastor, I can really testify that, that there's life in communion. Uh, when I was really sick in hospital, the day I used communion, I actually, there came a turn in my health. And I actually got much better, much quicker. 
And uh, the way I see communion is when I take the, the body of Christ, the, 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 the bread, my body actually absorbs it. And it becomes part of my DNA. And when I take the blood, I mean, the word says life is in the blood. And the blood actually gives life to everything in me. And um, I, really, I really believe because Christ died and he paid for everything and he already conquered sickness, everything. And um, if his life is in me, if his blood is in me, he's, he's part of my body then I've already conquered. And that's why I believe that there is really um, power, you know, in communion, mm. especially when it comes to sickness and things like that. And you believe as a result, because of the communion you took, you felt it in your body, how God brought healing in your body. It, it actually changed. I could feel that the, my health actually changed on that day that I took the communion. Yes. I really felt it, yes. Okay. Um, I was just thinking about a, a, a small phrase that I read the other day, and if I can just read it to you, um, it says, Before you partake, remember that the Holy Communion is not a ritual to be observed, but a blessing to receive. Just in short, easy, um, if you want to define it. And then also, um, because it's not a ritual, there is no prescribed bread or special drink required. In the Last Supper, Jesus used whatever he had at the table, bread commonly eaten at supper and whatever they were drinking. So um, we, we must not look into a, a ritualistic type of thing. Um, Jesus didn't. He used whatever was available there um, so that they can partake in that communion. We, on our next session, are we going to speak on the bread of life? And I really believe that Jesus with implication we see a constant thing where jesus in the old testament um he, he threw manna from from heaven uh, we see how, how abraham when he came to melchizedek where he broke bread and he gave wine so we see a a, a constant momentum where what god used throughout scripture where he blessed people especially with this idea so th the next session we want to speak on the bread of life but I agree with you, whatever is at hand, use it. If you don't have wine or, or juice in your house, then you take water and you trust the Lord that, that he will use that, the, the sacrament to the same effect. Amen. Yes, I, the thing that stands out for me always on the, on the point of communion is that the revelation that it actually carries power. Um, I think Pastor Matthijs touched on it a little bit, but uh, I think what is lost many times is the expectation when we enter the, the communion, when we enter the bread. We, uh, so easily we can, we can just use it because uh, it's nice, so it's, it's just another ritualistic thing. But what I find lacking many times in our hearts is, is expectation. I think of the scripture that Jesus used, the first scripture he used, uh, in the first sermon he ever preached was blessed be the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom and and the poor man is a hungry man and and i i Amen. think if we come to jesus with this expectation and this hunger uh, and say lord i want to partake not just of bread i want to partake of your body it's a physical it's a physical i eat of jesus i i partake of him his flesh and i partake of his blood and i become one with him it, it's i think it's it's actually so much more intimate 
than what we make it. It's, it's, it's literally becoming one with, with the God of the universe. It's uh, you and I becoming one with one another. And, and as Pastor said, that his health becomes my health. Amen. It's that covenant. It's that uh, uh, um, my sickness, you take it upon you and your health becomes my help. And, and something changes as Renee's testimony said. So I just think it's that when we honor and, and we, ex- we, we realize that there's an expectation on what we're going to do now. Amen. Things going to change in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Other than just coming, using it, doing it as a ritual. I become one with you and you become one with me. And that's the most intimate thing that we can do is becoming one with Jesus. Amen. Church, I want to remind us that all sickness has been taken on the cross. That Jesus dealt with every sickness, every disease 2,000 years ago. And he said it's finished. He even dealt with this corona that we are facing in this, in, in, in this time that we live. Remember that the Bible says that Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the earth. So there's something that happened when God um, uh, crucified Jesus there and he already paid the price in full for us to have this breakthrough. And I want to come back to the scripture that I lastly read in John 6 where Jesus said to them, take, it's, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And we also saw that the people were offended by it. We see a big offense on the hearts of the disciples because of their tradition. And they thought to themselves, who is this man that is requiring us to eat, become cannibals and eat his flesh and drink his blood? And they thought that, that Jesus was saying, come and eat of me now. But he was speaking to participate and to participate it needs to unify. And that's why the Bible also says that you need to sort out your heart and the differences that is amongst you when you participate of this table. Because this is a place of unity. And this is the season to unify yourself and your family. To to forgive past transgressions that has happened. And to remind yourself because he has paid the price for me and I am forgiven. I can also forgive. That is something that, that I see that, that, that happens and what God wants to do. And um, last night I was listening to, the, to our president speaking as he was um, uh, speaking on the vaccine. And I was reminded in this vaccine um, of the, the factor that it has, that it has a human aborted tissue in it. And I thought to myself, in principle... We are confronted in the church. Lord, what will we do? Will we take this vaccine? And I heard him speak out and say that all must take it. And it's been proven and tested. But I really want to challenge you, church. You need to pray and sit with the Lord and say, Lord, can we take this as a family? Is this the, the, the we will speak later on, a, on another series, if this is the mark of the Antichrist? I don't believe it is. I believe it's, but I believe it's a forerunner for it. I believe that it is uh, desensitizing people to, to, to comply to certain things and that we've got all the social pressure that's coming up in church. I want to tell you that we're going to have to stand like a Shadrach, Mesach, and Abednego in this season. We're going to have to be led. The, who are the sons of God but those who are being led by the Spirit? We have to have this deep conviction in our hearts of what God is doing and what He is saying. And then we need to say, Lord, we will not bow our knees. We will not change our belief system um, for, for where we're heading in. I mean, Daniel said, Lord, I will not bow my knee to this, to this um, idol because he believes. And I mean, how hard could it have been just to comply, Daniel, bow your knee and be a law-abiding citizen? 
But we can't go on the conviction of kings and presidents and leaders. We need to be led in this season. We are so relying on the Holy Spirit. And this is what excites me, church, the most. Is the fact that we're coming back to the move of the Spirit. We're coming back to, to relying and to, on, on, on the Holy Spirit, the promise, the one that's been given us. And the Word also says that He will be our comforter. He will, he will show us the way in these difficult times. And that's what I really believe in my heart that God is doing. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said to me, Matthias, I've already made you immune. I've given you something. Remember, he said, and I will raise him up on the last day. There's something that's going to happen. Guys, I want to tell you that the world cannot take our lives. The corona cannot kill you. It might kill your body, but it will not take your spirit. Your spirit man, the Bible says, has been sealed in the hand of Jesus. And the Lord makes a statement. He says, who will be able to take you out of my hand? And even to a more extent, I'm in my father's hand. Who will be able to take you out of his hand? I'm, I'm feeling so secure. And although I feel insecure of the times, I feel insecure of how our finances will look. I feel insecure of how we will go about, how will we eat. I don't have those things. I only have the promise and the word of the Lord on which we rely and we need to fall back onto it. I see that all over the world they are, are changing the, the networks and the, the, the social systems that we use, Facebook, and they are um, getting rid of all conservative views. They're blocking people, people like President Trump, and they're taking away their freedom of speech so that they can't elaborate and speak out. So the time is coming, fathers, where you will become the king, priest, and um, prophet of your house, which the word says you are already. You need to know that you need to take responsibility in reading scripture and then applying what scripture says. And you know what? Then the Lord showed me, he said, well, we are taking his body in our body. We are, we are having um, His blood. But that is something that should liberate us. I believe the hour has come and is now here where we will use this and we'll see mighty breakthroughs in our houses. I believe that as fathers will sit. Remember in Scripture it speaks about how Jesus came to this house where, where there was the, this fever on Peter's mom-in-law. And how he came to places where fathers approach him and says, my child has a high fever. And then they'll notify him, your child has just died. And Jesus says, no, they're just sleeping. I believe that something is going to happen in this season as we come back to communion and we participate out of the sacrament and we take and believe that he is faithful and we will see something that is, that is being raised in our midst. Amen. I can't agree more, Pastor. Um, the verses that, that come, came to me is, is a lot of times it occurs in the Bible, but it, it goes like this, that it says, Blessed are those who take refuge under the wings of the Lord Almighty. And communion for me is a, is, it's a weighty thing. It carries weight. Um, there's a change when I take it. There's a spiritual change. There's a shift inside of my being when I take it. And um, forgive my theology, but for me, when I take communion, I go back to the garden. I go back where it all began, when there was perfect harmony in communion with me and Jesus. Um, and there, 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 that is the refuge. Um, 
and the fact that if I look at all the places where I fell, fall short, um, a sinful man that I am, there's still a place for me under the wings of the Lord God Almighty. And that is the power for me of communion, that I can talk to God and He listens. Although I'm not worthy, although I fell short, that I, don't, I can never meet to the standard of God's demands. And um, I think that's where our protection comes in is that when we cry out to the Lord, He will deliver us. Um, and um, I know there's newer translations, it says it like this, that um, if God is with me, what can man do to me? But all the translations says that if God is with me, I will not fear what man can do to me. So whatever the world can do to me, I will not fear because um, God is with me. And it's that, it's that change, that shift in, in revelation, like Pastor Ramon said, is, is that gives me peace. In, in the middle of this storm and this pandemic that we are in, I try to focus my eyes on Jesus um, and not on the, the problems and, and all these situations that is surrounding us. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a touchy subject, as, as, as Pastor Matthijs said. As you need to go and, and sit with God take your communion and you need to conclude for yourself is the vaccine the thing you need to take or not where does it sit with you and God and I think this is a season where the church need to plug into Christ it, this is the time you need to spend most of your time with Christ than ever before um, otherwise you're going to be delusional when coming to hearing the Son of God because our flesh can be so deceiving it can easily mix up and we can we can go off track um, so this is a time we need to invest to really hear the pure voice of God and to discern is this the right thing to do or not um, in the beginning, I think when I've just met the Lord, I'd never understood what communion is. I always thought, but that's just juice and just, just bread. I mean, what am I going to do communion? And a lot of, um, I've, one lady asked me once, but why do you do communion? In the times with Michaela, that time when she drowned, and she asked me about it, that's just juice or bread. That's nothing else. And usually, I think, we make everything complicated that's not a complicated thing especially communion and i told her with the thing why we did communion is because we were broken and in your broken time is when the lord was broken in that time when he sacrificed himself and i felt that if i'm broken he feels my heart he feels my spirit and that time with michaela we did the communion and I felt just peace. And I think the Lord showed me, what is communion? And he showed me, my body was broken for you. My blood was spilled for you. In the time when you are broken. In a time where you feel, I can't do anything without him. Amen. I think I would like to add that... Um, I remember that specific that night in our household um, and the reason why it's so fresh 
and it's something that is so uh, pure. That, that night we sat with one of our boys that um, left the door open and there was a lot of guilt and condemnation. And sometimes it's good just to deal with, with unforgiveness, with guilt, with condemnation, when we feel guilty, to remind ourselves of what Jesus really did when he dealt with our, with our guilt, when he dealt with the, the wrongs that we inflicted, the wrongs that we've done, and uh, the way he approached it. It's interesting that, that Jesus was, in a sense, drawn to sinners. The other day I spoke to somebody, and they say they're so afraid for this corona because they know they are sinners. They don't know if God is out to get them. And I thought to myself, what a crazy statement but it was so real from these people and I thought to myself the only thing I could think of is just to put my hands on them and say you know what that Jesus came and he died for especially bad sinners as we are for both of us and I leveled the, the, the playing field because that's what Jesus did every time when he came to sinners no I don't judge you I don't cast the first stone and what I think what is very important in using communion, because a lot of people feel that they sin in their life so they can't participate. I want to tell you, in the, I know that we are sinners that are forgiven. So we are basically, when God looks at us, He looks at the blood of Jesus and He doesn't see our sin. But in a certain sense, I want to still say that we are sinners in need of our Savior. And this is when we use it, we remind ourselves of what our Savior has done for us. We remind us of what he's accomplished, the victory that he took with him, not to the cross, but when he broke through death and he stepped into heavens and he took his, his, his rightful place right in the center of heaven and all of the earth and the heavens and the angels and the cherubim and everyone was just worshiping the one who's worthy of our praise. And that's what I really believe. But I want to just come back to the first um, communion or the, the, the prototype of where the communion comes from. And I want to remind you in the time that we're in. And there's, there's in a sense, an enemy that wants to come to our house, that wants to come to our church. And we don't have the luxury of having this type of fellowship on this stage because the church is closed. But the, no one can withhold your hand to participate of the Lord's table and to make this practical in your life and in your house. So listen, Exodus 12 verse 6, And you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. We slaughter the lamb as Jesus was slaughtered. And then they shall take some of the blood and put it on their doorpost and the intel of the house in which they eat it. And I want to say to you, you need to anoint your houses, you need to anoint your children, you need to, if you want to do a practical uh, manifestation and you go and put, dip your finger in the blood, you apply it to your doorpost and you make a, a confession, Lord, everything that comes through this door will bring life. We will have life and life in abundance. I want to tell you there's really power in our words. The, the, the life and death lies in the power of the mouth. And those who love to use it, the scripture says, will reap the fruit, either life or death. It's a season where you apply the word and apply um, the, 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 that what, what we use. And listen here, then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost, on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. And they shall eat 
the flesh that night roasted the, um, on the fire with unleavened bread and butter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in the water, but roast it, its head, its legs, and its inner parts. And you shall let none of the r it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in a haste. It is the Lord's past over. And there was this expectancy when people prepared themselves. I want to tell you, if you are sick, you visualize yourself. You, you tell yourself, I'm ready to go to work. Put your keys in your hand. Say, Lord, I'm ready to go and do what you have uh, um, called me to do. I'm ready to, 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 to live out my purpose. It's to envision, to have this expectation. And they didn't know that this angel of death was going to, they only had a word. Nothing more than what we have today. We have a word which surpasses all understanding. You don't need to sit. You don't need to be wise in worldly terms. Uh, you need to have this expectation to say, Lord, this is the place where, I'm, where we're going to level the playground. I want to meet with you. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. That's God. And I want to tell you we're going to see great loss in this season. We're going to see as households fall away, as people die, but they're going to die without hope. They're going to give their lives away without hope. They're going to cry like somebody that doesn't have hope. That's why Paul says, why do you, why do you um, cry like somebody that doesn't have hope? And I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now I want to say to you, even as we take this blood into this temple, onto this house, God will make, we cut covenant with God in remembrance of what Jesus has done and what He's still doing in this day. This day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout all generations as a statue forever. You shall keep it as a feast. Okay, so today as we are here, I want to ask you to get your communion ready. Um, I don't know if anyone else needs to say a word. You are welcome. But as we participate in this season, um, I'm going to give some bread And um, for some people, as simple as this sound, there's really something that's happening. So I, just there where you are, I want you to anoint your children's heads, to anoint your wife's head. Take that bread and let's just come and say, Lord, today we come in front of you in realizing how, Jesus, just how much we are in need of you. In, of how much we are in need of a move of your spirit Lord we're so desperate for this breakthrough in our houses and we're so aware that the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy but Father your word declares that you have come to give us life and life in abundance so Father we take this bread today not because we believe it's bread 
because we believe your word and we eat in obedience to the command that says that we will eat and everything that is broken in us and around us we eat wholeness over it we declare lord that we have changed position with the holy one of heaven so there where you are now let's just participate and let's eat this bread Lord, then we want to take this cup, the cup of the New Testament. And we want to ask, Father, that you will come and give us a wisdom in understanding what you have accomplished through your blood. When you say you've paid everything, the whole price, Lord, make us aware of the full price that is paid. And Lord Jesus, even as we take this cup this, today, Father, we want to say that this is the New Testament. This is the fact that every price has been paid for. Nothing is outstanding on our accounts because the blood has paid the price. Lord, we take this in remembrance of our sick in the hospital, of our loved ones. There's so many of our church members um, and I don't want to call everyone by the name Father that is sick and that even has Corona. But Lord, we take this because we believe that as we take it, that you still heal everyone. We take this because we believe that it's paid for and the price is dealt with. And Father, we don't fear the day of tomorrow because we've got eternity in sight. We've got eternity in our minds. Thank you, Lord, that we can partake of this cup and knowing that the price is paid. I don't know if anyone wants to conclude, maybe just with an idea or... It's fine. So, Father, we come and we ask Holy Spirit... Touch us in our houses. Holy Spirit, let us experience excessively how you put your spirit on us in this season. And thank you, Lord, not through our power nor through our might, but through your spirit. Healing has come. Deliverance has come. Forgiveness has come. And we rejoice because those who find themselves in the Moab season will experience that God is with them. Emmanuel. So Lord, we bless all our loved ones at their houses. We pray for their protection, divine healing, and deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless you and we love you. Keep well.